I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of LiveWire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, and then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened until we come to a complete stop at the gate. Nice work, Tim. How was your first shift? Uh, Well, it wasn't what I expected, Cricket. It was so quiet. Nobody wanted anything from the beverage cart. And nobody hit the call button. Not a single rude passenger or complaint. It was downright spooky. Actually, did you see that old lady who brought me a magazine and a Mm -hmm. blanket? I tell you, the tables have turned, buddy. Folks, the captain has turned off the fastened seatbelt sign. Please use caution when opening the overhead bins, as items may have shifted during the flight. Cricket, nobody's moving. Um, he- hello, you're free to move about, everybody's... Are you sure? Oh, uh, you, you don't mind if we... we it's okay. Uh, dismissed? Oh, okay. Oh, that's Sorry. good. Okay, what okay. is with these people? They are terrified. <laughs> As well they should be, Tim. Up there in the clouds, we own them. Oh, Cricket, don't say that. No, think about it. We control when they can sit, stand, and even go to the bathroom. All they want is their little bags of peanuts, but we give them a dusty packet of peanuts and they like it. If they grumble, we tell them they're too hefty anyway, and we charge them for another seat. We tease them with a drink, make them wait forever, and then we only give them half the can. Oh, I hope this is enough for you, baby. And if they complain, we can call it air rage, have them handcuffed and tranquilized. Oh, and if they don't do something about their crying baby, we can throw them off. And if they do do something, we can take custody of the kid and arrest them for abuse. Ever since that wingnut Steven Slater dropped the F-bomb and bailed, the world thinks flight attendants are the new postal workers, just ticking time bombs, waiting to blow! Well, I I don't know. I I think that's just awful. Are you kidding? It's awesome! (laughs) On behalf of your crew, Tim, Frosty, Skipper, Corky, and myself, I'd like to remind you that you're our slaves until you exit the aircraft. If you want out, line up, heap gifts and praise upon us, and we shall set you free. <laughs> bye bye now. Uh, that was the best flight ever. Here's some Crown Royale from the Duty Free. Okay, bye. You're an American hero. Here's a 10 spot. Uh, sir, I don't think it's Okay, a 20. Give me! Bye. Oh, please, I'll buy you anything you want from the Sky Mall. Just let me go home to my family. Oh, I'll take the foot massager. It's on page 14. Uh, uh, but okay. uh, the skies have never been friendlier. It's what I wrote on this comment card. Uh, sir, you didn't have to do that. <laughs> oh, well, she said I did, or she wouldn't let me use the bathroom. <laughs> Cricket, is that true? Bye now. Thank you for not hurting or frightening me. Please don't scare me in my dreams. Okay. Now this just has to stop. Oh, you're right, Tim. Flight crew, let's blow this joint. And out the brewskis and deploy the chute. We're sliding out of here. No, no, this is not the way. Uh, come on, Tim. Are you a flight attendant or not? <sighs> Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm old school stewardesses. Uh, uh, no, a he stewardess. Nay, a steward. I want to take care of things, Corky. Of people with kindness and hospitality. And I won't follow Stephen Slater down that chute. That's not the steward way. Always making a big noisy scene, using spicy language, drinking beer and flinging oneself into the night. It's brash and it's reckless and it's, it's... From the beautiful Gurning Theater in Portland, Oregon, where we laugh at the TV 
TSA's three-ounce liquid restriction. Our rain-soaked fleece can hold 40 ounces alone. It's Livewire! And now it's the host of Livewire, who's not above using the emergency chute herself tonight. So behave yourselves, Courtney Hameister! Welcome to the show, everybody. We're so happy to be back. We've got uh, choreographer, filmmaker, performance artist Dana Hansen is with us tonight. She's going to perform a scene from her musical about the American Revolution. We've got filmmaker of Queen of the Sun, Taggart Siegel. He's going to talk about why the bees are disappearing, which is a little disconcerting. He'll be joined by producer John Betts and beekeeper Jacqueline Freeman. And Portland's newest sketch comedy rock star, Sweat, are with us tonight. And our musical guests are our favorite Chamber Klezmer Tango Latin band, uh, Three Leg Torsos, with us tonight. So we're pretty excited about it. Uh, before we get to all that, please meet the amazing members of Faces for Radio Theater, Mr. Tyler Hughes, Sean McGrath, the stunning Laura Faye Smith. The unbelievably gorgeous Siren of Sound, Pat Janowski. And as usual, poet Scott Poole is with us tonight. He's the author of The Cheap Seats. Uh, Scott will be in the audience writing feverishly as the show progresses. And at the end of the show, he'll present us with a poem that encompasses all we've learned during the night. So welcome, Scott. And of course, we wouldn't be able to do the show without our extraordinary house band, Ralph Huntley and the Mutton Chops. Hmm. Thanks, Ralph. So this is this is our first show back from summer vacation. We're all really rested. As you can see, I have a deep tan. Um, I've yeah, had, a, had a wonderful summer. Spent outdoors. You all know how much I love the outdoors. They're not at all. Really popular in the Northwest. Well, how did you uh, spend your summer, Tyler? Uh, well, didn't do a whole lot. My plan was to uh, make some extra money. Um, I was going to open up a lemonade stand, but uh, oh, found out that ain't happening in this town. Yeah, did did not work out. Did you? Did, no, did they did just you, shut you down immediately? Well, or? did you hear about the little girl? The, yes, the man. I did. The man shut that. That went national too. The it national did. news. That, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it you know it probably wasn't the best business plan for a grown up. No, I'm going to say. You're right. Well, I was. I heard, actually heard on the news as well that uh, there was a woman who was capturing and selling mosquitoes by like the jar full, by like pounds and pounds of mosquitoes. I don't know what for. Completely disgusting. I just grossed somebody out over here. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that could have been an option this summer in, uh, in Portland because the Absolutely. mosquitoes were ridiculous. They were. <laughs> uh, outrageous mosquitoes. Yeah. Yeah. They were happy, though. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of people happy. outside. They were well fed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean, how'd you spend your summer? Um, I spent my summer shutting down lemonade stands. <laughs> it is lucrative work, trust me. It's got a cold heart. You get away with it. Uh huh. Um, let's talk about let's talk about our first guest. Uh, our musical guest tonight formed 14 years ago, and they've had one foot in musical tradition and another much larger foot in innovation ever since. So they walk a little strangely. Their influences range from Eastern European folk music to Argentinian tango composer Astor Piazzolla. The Utney Reader called their most recent record, Animals and Cannibals, passionately sophisticated. Please welcome Three Leg Torso to Livewire. Thank you. 
guys, I just wanted to talk to you a minute. This is Courtney Von Trele and Bela Balogue. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. Did I just wreck it? Courtney, you got my name totally right. <laughs> Good. Good first name pronunciation. Yeah. So what I love about your, your music is that um, when I listen to it around the house, it kind of makes me feel like I'm in a movie. Like it, and it makes me want to do more interesting things to warrant the really interesting music that's happening. So you've made, you've made my, my and my cat's lives a lot more interesting. I appreciate that. I think that camera in your house has shown us the same thing, actually. <laughs> well, I put it there for you guys. Just Thank whatever you. inspiration you need. Thank you, Courtney. <laughs> So the record's called Animals and Cannibals, and Courtney, you've referred to this as your white album. Can you talk about why that is? Well, we, we found, a, we went into the studio and we found a, the, the big knob. You know, you get a lot of little knobs, but there's a big knob that <laughs> <laughs> made the whole album sound at least 10 to 15% better on, a, on the Richter scale. Well, there's also a variety of music on the album. I think that's why we call it the, the white album, but we, we did... Start calling it the wet album. And it is. It feels like there's a large range. And there's, uh, there's some great titles, um, The Life and Times and The Good Deeds of, of St. Penguin, Bus Stop to Oblivion. And it's great to know what the titles are and then hear the songs, because especially the, the Penguin song, I mean, I, was, I could see it. I could, I could see this animated film um, with the Penguins. Do you, guys, do you guys have these stories in your heads as you're, as you're writing these songs? So, well, sometimes... Uh, I think for me, mostly, it comes after writing the song. I think I'll, I'll write a song and I say, oh, that kind of reminds me of a penguin out on a, on a lake that's frozen, and, mm-hmm. uh, like, like Oswego. And, uh, or riding in your car with your cow. Yes, riding with my cow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys financed this record through Kickstarter, and you made a couple of, of small films. Are we going to see any more uh, films from you guys? We hope so. We, yeah. We like making them. Our, our friend Mark McGee has been our, our filmmaker for this mm-hmm. project, and... We made uh, three or four films to promote our album. And three films, and, and we didn't realize it in advance, but we see after we've made these films that I think each of us have leading role potential. Oh, yes. It was some great work. Yeah. It was some great work, yeah. I, I think from, big from box office earners. Have here. you seen them? I have. I have. I've seen the, the lab coats and, the, and you guys on your little trip to get to the gig. Um, and the goats. So, yeah, it, no, epic. They were epic, epic films, and people can go to threelegtorso.com and, and take a look at them. Or Facebook. Actually, I would recommend going to Vimeo and Vimeo. then searching out Three Leg Torso right, All right there. We'll have them do that. Oh, please do that. <laughs> well, we can't wait to hear the, the, your second song. That'll be later on in the show. Three Leg Torso, you're going to see them again. That was Three Leg Torso, and you are listening to Live Wire Radio with music conversation and laughs it's like a great date but without the messy sex part (laughs) coming up queen of the sun filmmakers taggart siegel and john betts performance artist dana hansen and poet scott Poole. we'll be right back Happy birthday, boo-boo. A card. Thank you. Happy birthday to my sweetheart. I'm so proud you are my wife. Our love is such a neat part of this very special life. (laughs) It's sweet. So sweet. It kind of made my teeth hurt a little. Okay. Okay, the card sucks. Ignore the card. It's just a vessel for the real surprise. Oh. You made me some coupons again. Yeah. 
Not just some coupons, though. It's a whole coupon book. It's got everything. Look, good for one deluxe foot rub. Good for death or live removal of one spider. Good for one not necessarily sexual massage. Okay. Well, thank you, honey. You know, I don't think you're getting how awesome this gift really is. It's got production value. It's perforated. And my face is on every coupon, see? Oh, we ran out of printer ink, by the way. No, yeah, the coupon thing is a cute tradition, but I never redeem these things. Nobody does, do they? It's like you're giving me nothing. That's harsh. It's not nothing. You're right. It's like you're giving the gift of quid pro quo. I get to pay you to do the things you should be doing anyway. Then, when these coupons inevitably gather dust in the junk drawer, you avoid doing anything at all. It's ingenious. Jeez, I... I never thought of that. I know, I just said it's ingenious. Hey. Settle down. Here, I'll redeem one as my gift to you. I'd like one deluxe foot rub, please. (laughs) What? You mean like now? Yeah, now. Uh, I think it's usually more of an on-your-next-visit type situation. Seriously? That's just policy. Fine, I'll redeem one from last year out of the junk drawer. Uh, seems like they'd be expired after a whole year, you know? Anyways, it's a birthday party. I don't want to be on the clock. I can't believe you... Wait, wait, this is my birthday party? I thought your mom's intervention tomorrow night was a cover for a surprise party. Oh, nope, sorry. My mom's scrapbooking is tearing the family apart. Great. I tell you what, redeem this one. Really? A coupon for the special thing? Yeah, the special thing. Wait, wait, you expect me to pay you for the special thing? All right, if that doesn't work for you, then this, get out of doing the special thing free card, should release us both from our obligations. Uh, No, this one. Change cat box. Ah, uh, you know, that coupon became null and void today when the cat ate that burrito out of the garbage. All right, this one then. Special romantic dinner. Which you just consumed, so good. Our business is concluded. Swinging by Subway doesn't count. Sure does. I'll even do the dishes. You know, I got you that game you wanted for your birthday, StarCraft II. I had to stand in line all night with weirdos. I know, I know. You rule at gift-giving, and I I just stink. Yep. I get it. Good. I'll make it up to you tomorrow, okay? Fine. All right, let's just talk about something else. Okay, guess what? I got a friend request from my college boyfriend, Rick, today. Oh, did you now? Was that hard body Rick, or kind of thought he was the one Rick? Yeah, that's the same Rick. Hmm. Well, how's Rick, then? Is he still stupid and hot and stupid? He's an executive at Ultramart. Well, whoop-de-dah. Where I believe they accept competitors' coupons. Well, good for Rick. Ultramart, why don't they... Oh... Okay, I get it. Perhaps you would now care to revise your coupon policy? Perhaps I... Yes, I want to do that. Um, How can we make you happy today? The coupon for the special thing. Is that transferable? Oh, well, if you say so, the customer's always right. (laughs) Oh, I say so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, you! Is that a spider? Oh, dang it. Einstein said that mankind could only survive for four years without bees. He, he may have been exaggerating just to make a point. We all do it. But as bees do seem to be disappearing, they're definitely getting our attention. Director Taggart Siegel talked to philosophers and beekeepers, scientists all over the world to find out why they're disappearing and what we might do to stop it. Tonight, he's brought producer John Betts and beekeeper Jacqueline Freeman with him. Please welcome them to the show. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank, Thank you. you very much. So the, the Einstein quote, um, if it is true, um, what, what role are bees playing in our ecosystem right now? And why is that possible, that it would just be four years until we all 
kicked it. Bees are certainly very much part of our ecosystem. In fact, 40% of all plants, all uh, vegetables and fruits are pollinated by bees, but you also have to look at all the other ecosystems that are, that are pollinated by these bees and and other pollinators. Yeah. Well, yeah, are there any are there any insects that perform the same purpose that bees do that might take over if they died? There are, you know, um, beetles and flies, and there are other insects. But bees make up a vast um, amount of the pollination we have, and honeybees specifically, the European honeybee, which is what the film is largely about, although it covers all bees. Um, are instrumental in all of our crop pollination, a lot of our crops. I was just looking, mangoes, I like mangoes, peaches, mm-hmm. avocados, the list goes just on and on. So what's the crisis? What's going on? What's happening to these bees? Well, there's a thing called colony collapse disorder, where bees are disappearing and not coming back to the hive. And that has never really happened like this. So there's some, something in our environment that's, that's making the collapse occur. And part of it is is attributed to the pesticides that are being used on a lot of crops. So nicotinoids that are somehow creating havoc on their memory of in the bees. They, they can't find their way back to their hive. But it's also many other things. It could be over queen breeding. It could be, you know, disease and pests and all these other things that attribute to their their Decline. And they're actually artificially inseminating these queen bees, right? Yeah, yeah. And that seems like it might be problematic just based on how their culture works. Right. I mean, the whole idea behind breeding um, for, the, for the sake of beekeepers is they want this bee that can just do the perfect kind of pollination. It's not a bee that stings too much. It's a kind of bee that's not too aggressive, but it's just going out there and getting the nectar. Yeah. And, um, and the problem with that is that you're breeding a bee that has a lower immune system. You're breeding mm-hmm. a bee that has all these other... Issues, And so it becomes this big systemic problem where all of a sudden you've got this really vulnerable insect. Yeah. And queen bees used to live like three to six years. Now they're living like up to about a year now. So there's something going on similar to how we breed chickens and pigs. And cows cows. used to live 20 years, right? And now it's three. Yeah, right. So there's a real... There seem to be some problems happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, and another one of the problems, um, actually, Michael Pollan talks about in the film, and I think we have a clip of that. Um, Pat, can you play that clip for us? The almond crop is our fastest-growing, most profitable export crop here in California. Every February, just around Valentine's Day, has become the, the single greatest pollination event in the world. Bees from the entire country far away as New England and, and, and Wisconsin and Minnesota and Florida get on trucks in the middle of the winter and three quarters of all bees in America come to California to perform this absolutely critical act where they have to be woken up, strengthened with high fructose corn syrup. I mean, if there's anything more kind of viscerally offensive, it's the idea of feeding the creators of honey high fructose corn syrup. Pretty appalling. How does it affect the bees to get the syrup? Have they noticed any any effects on them? Oh, certainly. I mean, one of the biggest issues is that bees create honey to eat over the winter. And, and they create honey because that's what they need. It's got nutrients. It's got all these different things from the pollen of the different plants. And all those things are complementing their system. So when you're feeding them high fructose corn syrup, which we won't even, we want to get out from feeding our kids in public schools and we're feeding sure. it to bees. Who are you, pollinating all of these It's bad for them too. Plants. So. Right, yeah. right. Um, Jacqueline, I wanted to talk to, to you a little bit. You're actually in the film. Um, and Jacqueline Freeman, you're a swarm catcher. Can you talk a little bit about, about what that is and, and how you do that? Oh my God, it's amazing. A swarm is the way that nature propagates another hive. So when everything in a a regular hive is all perfect, when they've got enough um, food, they've got enough honey stored up, they've got enough eggs laid, there's enough pollen for the babies, that's the time when the old queen will take about two-thirds of the hive and go off and search for a new home. And that's what a swarm is. They're a little bit fragile when they're out there because they have no home right then. And um, when you see them, you, sometimes you'll see them, they're just hanging on a, on a tree like a, about the size of a football. 
And uh, and most people call an exterminator when that yeah, happens. Oh, God, yes, I know. I just had a is woman that, the other and day. What percentage of, of those swarms die oh, because of that's, that? That's hard to say, but I just had a woman the other day who, who sprayed it with a hose for half an hour. Please don't do that. <laughs> All they're doing is waiting for the little scout bees to go out and find them a new home. So they're incredibly gentle at that time. They're at their absolute gentlest. Honeybees are gentle anyway. How can people differentiate? Best. I mean, I think that so many people are terrified of bees. And so how, how can people differentiate between a honeybee and the bees that really, really hurt? <laughs> what you're talking about is the carnivorous bees. And the carnivorous bees are the hornets, the yellow jackets, and the wasps, which have their role. So I don't want to give the impression that some bees are good and some bees are bad because the carnivorous bees, they eat meat. All the rest of them are vegetarians. And when they um, are eating the meat, they're actually serving a function in nature, which is they're the garbage collectors. So I live on a farm, and I'll come out in the morning, and I'll see half of a mouse that my cat didn't finish the hind end of. And I come by half an hour later, and I notice that the carnivorous bees have completely eaten everything of it. The alternative is flies and maggots. And frankly, I'm going to go with the carnivorous bees on that one. (laughs) Also, um, when you're at a picnic table, you're often stung by a a wasp or a yellow jacket. And often people run and say, I've been stung by a bee. And so bees get a really bad rap. Right, right. So if what Michael Pollan says is true and 40% of our crops uh, are pollinated by bees and they're disappearing, what are some of the things that people can do to stop that from happening? Well, I mean, one thing everyone can do just to start out with is um, understand the way bees work and understand what they're out there doing for us. And I think with that appreciation is kind of a wake-up call. It's like, oh, this food that I'm eating right now, that came from a bee. Oh, that flower that I'm looking at, that wouldn't be there if it wasn't for a bee. And, and to add to that, we can all plant some wildflowers. We can all mm-hmm. change the way we, we buy food. I mean, maybe that's when you're able to buy food that isn't using pesticides. You know? yeah. And, and I think that it seems like that our culture has a lot to learn from the way that their culture works. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, about how a, a hive works? or a- Cooperation, generosity. They share everything. They take care of each other. And they're... They're a super organism. They're not just one bee. And I often have people ask me, well, who's in charge in there? But it's like when you see a flock of birds fly over and they all suddenly turn left. You know, it's all the birds at once know. And the hive is the same way. No one is in charge and says, today we're going to swarm or tomorrow we're going to do this. They all know everything intimately well that's happening in the hive at the same time. So they operate and act as one being. I think that's amazing. And, yeah. it, and it's amazing that 90% are females, and mm-hmm. they're actually working for the, for the queen and for the whole of the hive. So it's, it's a really remarkable thing. They renounce their sexuality, the, the worker bees. And oh, they, that's, that's not a good idea. <laughs> that's a, that's, <laughs> but they're serving the queen, and it's, it's really quite a remarkable thing. And then they produce this amazing honey. and mm-hmm. Yeah, so... So, and, and one thing that I wanted to ask, um, is the story about Tutankhamun's tomb in the film, is that true? Well, there's a lot of tombs that actually have honey in it, uh-huh. that, that they buried their dead with, the, with honey, and that honey is still edible. 2,000 years later. 2,000 years later. Is there anything else that's, that's created that's, that, that's edible that would last that long? No, honey honey is naturally antibiotic. It's one of the few substances. You can actually put honey on a wound, and if you replace that bandage and put honey on it again, it acts as an antibiotic, which is really phenomenal to me. Yeah, yeah. So we just, we we have, people need to to watch the film, first of all, and then then figure out what they can do to kind of help stop this. Yeah, another thing they can do, start learning with living around, living around your yard, your house, your world, with more bugs and weeds. You know, we don't need to do away with all of them. And those poisons that we put on those, that's what's really affecting the bees. So just be a little bit more lenient about what's acceptable to you and what's not. Yeah. And then if you do have a garden, plant, like John was saying, plant some flowering herbs are the best thing because the bees actually use those as medicine too. Great. It's all good advice. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, The the film again is Queen of the Sun. We've got Taggart Siegel, Jacqueline Freeman, and John Betts. Thanks, you guys. 
You're listening to Livewire, the radio show that bees love because it's so effing sweet. <laughs> and you'll love us too. If you live in Portland, come to our next live show at the Alberta Rose Theater. For more information, visit our website at livewireradio.org. Our next guest is a performance artist, a choreographer, and a filmmaker. She won the 2006 Guggenheim Fellowship in Choreography, and her films have screened at film festivals in Edinburgh, New York, and Melbourne. In September, she'll be performing her newest work, Gloria's Cause, at Pika's Time-Based Art Festival. It's a rock musical inspired by the ironies of the American Revolution. Tonight's snippet is her fractured interpretation of the process of drafting the Declaration of Independence. Please welcome Dana Hansen to Livewire. The ink was dry Not ink, not I The ink was dry, my drink was dry My tank was dry, my glass, my melted eyes My die-cast compass, lost sailor found My story spice, raced the world around Tobacco takes its place, abound. The prize is landed. The system is greased. Without regret, the beast has been greased. The beast has been plied. The beast has been censored and the beast has been tried. Rest yourself now. Our party has started. Your seat is reserved. The party will end. The rest will start then. Or the party can last. So the hardy can party. For the week can now fast. Okay, let's get started. All right, who's going to write this? I have bad handwriting. <laughs> I can't think of any excuses. Then you can write it. All right, fine. But what should we say? Well, since we're trying to get our independence, we might want to write about that. Use big words. Why? Because then we'll sound sophisticated. What if they don't understand it? They'll figure it out eventually. It's about freedom. We could pretty much write three words if we wanted to, as long as it's longer and convincing. Good point! Inspired to write anything yet, Jefferson? Not yet. I think I need some more help. I can do the big word thing, but I just don't know how to convince them. Oh, come on, Thomas. It's not that hard. No, I don't see you writing it. Got anything yet? Okay. They're treating us like slaves, and we're not doing anything about it. If we don't do anything about it soon, we might as well go back to England. Anything else? Anything else? Well, we could put what they had been annoying us about, like sending the soldiers in with no apparent reason, limits on trade, and let's not forget intolerable acts and high taxes. That's a great idea! Wow, Jefferson! This is amazing. amazing! They couldn't argue against this if their lives depended on it. This, this is, is amazing. amazing! We the people. We the people. In order to form a more perfect Who are union. The people? I have a question. Is that about the Constitution? That. Who are we talking about? Whether it be no Wait a minute. In order to form a more perfect union, union between what? A union is a coming together. Are you thinking that we're trying to arrive at some imagined place of wholeness? We all know that I'm the bad one. I don't want to obey. I have a problem with obedience. I think you should be a little more subtle here. Or specific. Some strong language there. <laughs> I be, be more, 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 more. I was reading the Declaration of Independence right here. Maybe you should read this. I think this is it. Huh? It doesn't start with we the people. When in the 
course of human events, it becomes necessary to cast off oh, no. the bonds. Read this. Holy. King George has waged cruel war against a distant people, violated their rights, and carried them into slavery. Determined to keep open a market where they can be bought and sold, he's now incited them to rise, to murder us just because. He despises us. It's not our fault. Yeah, in terms of language today, I don't even know what that means. Maybe we need cliff notes. Guys, this is big. We need a new tag. We'll get Betsy on the flat. Make a good pitch. These board meetings are for the rich. These people are below us. Last one brings the donuts. Donuts. We need a new tag. We'll get Betsy on the flag. Make a good pitch. These board meetings are for the rich. These people are below us. Last one brings the donuts. But our deeds and words shall. In the making, do you understand the breath of this undertaking? We are craftsmen of a higher degree. Did we come here to not agree? Your wits are Jefferson intend to go down in history. We will beckon to all that is just. The world will sympathize with us. They must. Do you not find this a callous decree? Where the bravest among us toil in slavery. This is not an irregularity, nor is this hypocrisy. We will see. Listening to Live Wire, radio that believes variety is the spice of life, in addition to cumin. Cumin is also a spice, and oregano. There are many spices, variety is just one of them. Still to come, more from Three Leg Torso and poet Scott Poole. We'll be right back.
next performers have a combined experience in sketch comedy of over 70 years. That sounds impressive until you find out that there are 80 of them. So that's like less than a year each. Not really. They were created when Michael Fetters, Andrew Harris, and Jason Rouse of The Third Floor hooked up with Shelley McClendon of The Liberators and Sean McGrath of Livewire. Sweat is sketch comedy that will do anything to make you laugh, including following you home and making balloon animals in your living room. So you better laugh now, or seriously, they'll do it. Please welcome Sweat. Tonight on In the Booth, the show dedicated to music magic, we take a look at August 1983. <laughs> 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 Good morning in there. Oh, hey. Uh, hello. Hello. Morning. Yeah, hey. Good morning. Sorry to keep you guys waiting. Hey, I just want to say what a great honor this yeah, is to I be. Yeah, I just got to load the tape deck. Stand by. Absolutely. Gotcha. You act like you've never done backing vocals before, buddy. Okay, this is a huge opportunity for me, Richard, so could you just... Okay. Just please don't... Sure. Just settle down, you two. Okay, just get it together. Uh, are we ready to lay one down? Absolutely. Right. Whenever ready, you're ready when you are. Yes. Let's do it. All night. 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 Uh, okay, guys, uh, we're going to listen back to that. Uh, give us a minute, huh? Thank you, yes. We'll be here, thank you. How did that feel to you guys? I think that felt pretty good. I think it felt uh, pretty good. Yeah, guys, Mr. Ritchie is on his way in. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. What? Um, hey, guys. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Mr. Ritchie, uh, I, I'm the biggest on fan a personal of yours. level, oh my gosh. So can I say uh, Listen, guys, you're... what you're doing, it's really great, okay? I'm just not feeling that it's all night, you know? It's not that what you're doing isn't at night, or even that it's not lasting for all of the night. It's just not long enough of a long. This is a party, guys. Right, yes. A karamu. A fiesta. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, okay. What do you say we go again, and let's make this party last all night, okay? Whatever you want. Absolutely. I can do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, really I, want, I really want Billy Joel to be blown out of the water on this one, okay, guys? Totally. Thanks. I don't know. I don't know. All night, all night, all night, all night. Yeah, gang, uh, Mr. Rich is coming back, right? Oh, oh my. Okay, guys, better, it's better. Um, what I'm really not hearing is that this is all night. What was it, was it our pitch? Your pitch that... is fine, but what I'm not getting is that feeling that it's a party that's all night, you know? I mean, have you ever been to a party that's all night? I have, yeah. And what time did you leave that party? Um, like 9 or 10 p.m. Okay, that's exactly what I'm talking about. When you're at a party that's all night, anything can happen. Maybe somebody's feeding the goldfish pearls. Maybe somebody brought a tiger. Maybe there's a sleeping Brazilian woman with a top hat over one of her breasts. It is crazy, guys. I really need to feel that in your voices, okay? So it's like all night, like the party's all night? Wow, me, guys. Feel it in your heart. And feel it in your soul. Let's try it again. Okay, here we go. I think I got it this time. All night. 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 Tambolito se te moya. What are you doing? Trust me, Marty. Hey, jumbo, jumbo, jump to party all day long. Oh, jumbo die. Tambolito se te moya. Hey, jumbo, jumbo. Yeah, hey, guys, uh, Mr. Richie's coming back. <laughs> guys, what the hell was that? <laughs> Mr. Richie, I don't know what came over me. Whatever it was, 
I loved it. You did? I did. I finally got what I was talking about. I could really feel the all night. I felt the too. It was amazing. It I really felt it. This guy just came from the heart. We did it. And so, the greatest song of all time was born. All night long, parentheses all night, spent an unprecedented 15 weeks at the number one spot. Join us again soon on another episode of In the Booth. I'm Michael Fetters. Good night. Support for this program comes from the Arthur and Madeline Nantel Memorial Fund, dedicated to rebuilding dilapidated playgrounds in urban areas throughout the country. The Benedict and Marilyn Chesowith Foundation, improving American super soldiers through the use of enriched uranium since 1967. <laughs> the Judy Ordella Trust, committed to sending twice daily department-wide emails with links of cats doing cute things. <laughs> Online at Sorry for the mass email, but OMG, you guys, look how cute, lol.org. From the Mike and Jennifer Heilbronner Trust, providing low-cost yoga mats and second-hand dream catchers to the general public from a van on Front Street since 2003. From your mom. From the Samuel G. and Lori F. Coakley Foundation, supporting the removal of lower back and ankle tattoos of women between the ages of 20 and 26. Online at what a freaking mistake that was. I didn't know the Icelandic symbol for peace was a fist.org. And from listeners like you, handsome, charming, kind-hearted, salt of the earth, dependable, totally help you out if you get caught at the border with a package strapped to your chest, no questions asked, can I borrow the keys to your car, sexy listeners like you. And now, once again, for your listening pleasure, please welcome the fabulous boys of Three Leg Torso.
You're listening to Livewire Radio, and if you love the show, you'll really love our podcast equally. Visit iTunes today and subscribe. And while you're at it, if you could pick me up one of those hippity hop records that the kids today are enjoying, I'd, I'd be much obliged. Music tonight brought to you by Dave's Killer Bread and the bread of the week, Robust Raisin. Don't let the raisins and cinnamon fool you. This is no namby-pamby breakfast bread. This bread can build a barn in a day and teach your kid to play piano. (laughs) Dave's Killer Bread. Just say no to bread on drugs. And now, as promised, a man who's been working for the last hour while you were lounging in your theater seats or sitting on your couch at home or making out in your car, which is really unseemly because you're an adult and there's a baby seat in the back. So, ew. Um, While you've been doing all those things, Scott Poole's been working feverishly in here tonight. Uh, He's going to let us know what he's learned for the past hour. Please welcome back poet Scott Poole. What I Learned Tonight by Scott Poole. Yeah, I quit work once too, JetBlue guy. That's no big achievement. Unfortunately, in my case, the Pizza Hut I worked at was only one story high and didn't come with an escape chute. So frustrated, I tipped the salad bar over instead. Ranch dressing, beet juice, and lettuce exploded across the dining room. There was so much greenery in everyone's hair, it looked like a Roman toga party full of depressives not trying very hard. (laughs) The problem is, quitting work isn't like it used to be. Back then, you just got chased up the street by fat guys covered in lettuce, and then quickly forgotten by history. But now if you pop a shoot and the bird, you get a reality show in world fame. Everyone has leading role potential now. This is why I've learned tonight I've got to come up with a quitting work plan. I think when I'm ready, I'm going to have a velvet overcoat made with an escape chute. Something they used to wear during the American Revolution. Something that will come with a trombone. And when I'm ready to quit, I will simply play B-flat, and three-leg torso is going to explode through the door on the back of a herd of cattle, choreographed for this very purpose by Dana Hansen, and run through the gray cubicles of my everyday existence like a beautiful wind of trombone-blown liberation. (laughs) And like Aquaman calling all the sea creatures to him, I will do the same, and all the land creatures will come down from the hills to save me. I mean, the sea creatures will come to save me too, but... They'll just all be gathered at the edge of the sea, not able to go any farther, not doing me a hell of a lot of good. But, and then every bee in the world will sting my boss in his plump little face, thus gathering the very nourishment they need to thrive and grow by sucking all the self-preserving evil instincts out of his body at once. And then I'll flip the bird, but it'll be an actual bird, maybe a cockatoo, something Lionel Richie would own, and sing... All night, all night, all night. As I ride off on a dolphin strapped to a Brazilian woman with a top hat over one breast, as my escape chute blows out from behind me. And then go home and wait for the TV cameras in my series on Lifetime. All night, yes, all night. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Poole. That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for coming out. Our thanks to our guests tonight, Taggart Siegel, John Betts, Jacqueline Freeman, Dana Hansen, Sweat, and Three-Leg Torso. The Mutton Chops were Ralph Huntley, Jim Brumberg, and Dave Jorgensen. Tonight's show was made possible in part by our sponsors, New Belgium Brewing Company, Fitch & Associates, The Falcon Art Community, Willamette Week, and Buchanan, Angeli, Altschul, and Sullivan. Additional funding provided by the Regional Arts and Culture Council, the Miller Foundation, the Oregon Cultural Trust, and listeners such as you fine people. Hotel accommodations generously provided by Hotel Deluxe. Livewire is created and produced by Kate Sokoloff and Robin Tenenbaum. Technical production by Jim Brunberg from Mississippi Studios. Recording engineering by Jonathan Newsom. House sound by Courtney Barber. 
The Faces for Radio Theater are writers Courtney Hommeister, Tyler Hughes, and Sean McGrath, performer Laura Faye Smith, and Siren of Sound Pachinowski. Livewire's house poet is Scott Poole. Production management and lighting by Drew Flint. Theme by Courtney Vondrelli and Ralph Huntley. Craft services by Old Wives Tales. Graphic and web design by Danger Creative. Web development by Amalgamotion. Podcast consulting by Morley Studios. Our operations manager is Adrian Schaefer. Publicity by Cassell Communications. Big thanks. This show go to the entire staff at the Girding Theater. For more information about Livewire or to download our podcast, visit our website at livewireradio.org. This is Tyler Hughes saying thanks for listening. Sorry that all took so long. There were just a lot of people to thank, like you, which, which we just did. So, so we're done now. Seriously, thanks. Uh, good night. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be one to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, thank you so much if you've left a review, and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast. 